everybody, welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hooting, with my co-host, Christian Conway. Uh, the saddest day is always a Sunday, doesn't it happen to be? Oh my gosh. We're not doing our post-mortem yet, everybody. Stay tuned. Christian and I have at least three weeks of uh, recording ahead for you. So, much appreciated and much obliged. It has been really great to be able to cover the regular season ups and downs all together. And speaking of downs... If you were there amongst the 23,000 plus people at the Diggity on Sunday, you know what we're talking about. And of course, if you were watching at home and if you were catching up on Twitter, you know what's going on. So we appreciate you sticking through and being here to listen to us as we as we cover it. Um, yeah, we'll just dive right in. Let's a 3-3 draw with Minnesota is a loss. And, and you know, those... Those decision day Western Conference mishaps are what end up knocking the Galaxy out. Go for it, Christian. Yeah, I, I think you know. Obviously, uh, there's there are so many angles we can we can take with this game. I think the first kind of thing I I want to say from kind of a, a weird, I guess, global point was I, I'm never gonna forget the moment when everyone in the stadium realized RSL had scored. Like yeah, that 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 kind of cascading wave of despair that turned into just you know just begging the team forward is is, is one of those things that I, I don't think I'll ever forget um this was a weird game like I think that's very safe to say I mean you talk about a team in Minnesota that really struggled in front of goal this year and then a Galaxy team that was more than happy to be very good in goal was more than happy to be very bad in the defense and I think if you as we kind of get more our teeth more into this game I mean the, the, the Galaxy were, were very good moving forward. They were very bad in the back. And I think, you know, it's one of those situations where, again, this is a young team. This is a team that's learning under Vanny. And, and I think that that does have to play in here. But also, you know, as we said, kind of in, in our pre-call, I was like, this game could have ended 5-5. And I wouldn't have been surprised. You know, like, it did just feel like it was played at, you know, 150 miles per hour. And good luck keeping up with your neck if you could. Um, but yeah, no, it, at, at the end of the day, it is it is a disappointment. And I, I, I think, you know, as we said, in the next three weeks, we'll kind of point to some other stuff that, you know, we get into. But, you know, it, it, this is a game where I think, you know, decision day, the Galaxy knew what this meant. You you have to go out and get it done. And they didn't get it done. And it's as simple as that. And it's it, that's been the story of the past three months for the Galaxy is... They knew they had to go out and get it done, and they just failed to get it done consistently week after week. And, you know, if this is a game that's played in, like, week 10 of the season, a 3-3 draw at home, like, yeah, that was really entertaining. Great game. Sure, a point's disappointing. But the minute that you put your your playoff potential in the hands of other teams is the minute you sign your own death warrant. And we saw that Dimer Krylak with the last kick of the game scores. And we'll get into the refereeing on that game because it, it, it does matter here. But the Galaxy should have had this thing in the bag so many times before we got to this game. And if you look at this game, should have had it so many times in this game. And yet all of the rot of what has happened this season popped out in a sustained 90 minutes that was um, incredibly entertaining, but also incredibly heartbreaking to watch. It's unbelievable, first of all, the energy that was in that stadium. Um, 
to be able to hear, not only have so many fans be able to hear everybody's reactions, um, I had at one point run down to go get what should have been a hot chocolate and was hot brown water. Um, was standing there, you know, watching the screen like everybody else, and you can just in unison just hear the whole stadium in a in a way that honestly, if this had been like you said a regular season game or even an El Trafico, this would have been like fun, <laughs> and I still had a good time. But like you said, you, you know, you're sitting there, and and the people next to you are just like RSL just scored, and you just yeah, the wave, the sadness, the you knew that this was going to happen, but you hoped it wouldn't. And, and we on this pod have been ever the optimist. And I'm still proud of this team. Um, I can't emphasize enough how I know that the Galaxy could have done better. And I, and I hear that and I, and I feel that. But, you know, all the odds stacked against them, sure, they shouldn't have gone down 2-0 in the first half. But to be able to come back and be able to get chances at the end, it was really just, I mean, it was crazy because it's an unfortunate thing that you get an own goal. And then uh, Minnesota gets a PK call and then the dude misses the PK. And sure, you can count it toward the 12th man, the post. But at the same time, it, it was just, you could just see the Galaxy really going for it at the end. I literally thought it was going to be a 4-3. I thought the Galaxy were going to win. I really, really did in my heart of hearts. And it's it's the most... I mean, you you couldn't script this, right? I, we are, I think we always, you know, especially being in L.A., you know, you, you say and see things, and, you know, Ted Lasso's a big thing. and But th these are the games that... That, that this beautiful game is when it's so cruel, but this is, this is the most MLSE West Conference thing that could have happened. And this is not the, uh, a new thing for the Galaxy, unfortunately. It's a, um, this has happened on decision day yeah, where we've I been kicked out and, and let down like that as fans, you know? And, I, and that's why I understand where everybody's coming from, but you have to take away what this team did right and what Vanny did right well I mean they didn't do a lot right in midfield is what I'll say um right right and and, <laughs> and no the, and, 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 and look and look wait 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 because as you say that right no as as you look at the you know in their final 22 games of the 2021 season the Galaxy won just five games and then when you say meanwhile they managed eight wins through their first 12 games of the season I mean when you put it that way with all those stats and things and the the goal um expectations and whatnot yeah, of course. When you put it that way, it's miserable, right? Yeah. So, so let's let's kind of dig into this game a little bit. And then, you know, as we start to pivot ourselves towards our, our traditional end of season reviews, mm -hmm. um, what I would well, say I is... I just feel like all of this, like, kind of led to that. Where yeah, well, what I would say is I think on, on that first goal, I'm not really going to blame the Galaxy for giving up that goal. And I know that sounds very controversial. And yes, you know, the Galaxy do bear some responsibility for being defensively lapsed in the midfield. But that's one of those things where, you know, honestly, that's a really good counterattack. And like, yeah, no, the Galaxy really struggled with Minnesota allowing the Galaxy to kind of control the ball. And they were more than happy to be off the ball. And and I think a lot of us thought, well, if, if, if Minnesota doesn't have Ozzy Alonso, then they have no midfield steal. And then therefore, you know, the Galaxy are going to have a lot of moments in transition and a lot of moments running through that midfield where they're going to get a lot of chances. And I think Minnesota kind of 
also was like, yep, that's probably true. So we're more than happy to give you the midfield, but we're going to steal it down right at the last line of confrontation and just make it hard for you to operate through us. Did that always work? Eh, not particularly, but on that first Minnesota goal, I mean, that's just Minnesota understanding that, hey, we're playing on the counterattack and release the hounds and let them run. I mean, if you look at Hunu's run and, you know, the run through the midfield, I mean, Revolution's quick. Jonathan Dos Santos, we can all admit he lost about three steps this year, but they could not keep up with the amount of speed that was going through that midfield in the first on the first goal. And of course, it's an easy pass out to Honu. And it's interesting because I think this is Julian Araujo's... Julian Araujo in this game is kind of the... And I've long maintained it about this Galaxy team, which is he's the greatest asset to the Galaxy, but he also explains what the Gal- why the Galaxy were in the position they were in, which is that his entire defense steps back in order to ensure that the offside trap can't be played, and he just doesn't read it well. Or no, sorry, the entire defense steps forward to try and play the offside trap, and he just doesn't read it well and keeps Hunu offside, or onside, and Hunu, for all of his faults this season, can put them in every now and then. And... You know, Julian Araujo kind of looks like the fool on that play. And I'm not going to fault him for that. I think it was just a miscommunication in the defense of like, hey, we need to step. And everyone's at sixes and sevens. If you look at, you know, Derek Williams, especially in that play, I mean, he's looking about three different places and it's like, I have no idea where to go. So, you know, it's one of those goals where it's kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, those will happen. Now, what I will say is I think the second goal they concede is the one for me on that day that's unforgivable. Because if you look at that set piece, no one's watching the back post. No one has decided that, you know, yeah, it's a broken play, but someone out of that team has to look at Robin Lud and say, hmm, yeah, I think he might be tracking to the back post when he gets off his marker and starts moving back there. And it's like, yes, someone has to be there. And maybe Jonathan Bond could have done a little bit better with that play, but I doubt, you know, it would have been a spectacular save. I mean, it would have been a, a save of the week, possibly save of the year, had he gotten to Lud in time but some what defenders gotta like you know you can do a lot as a defender in, in the box in the sense that you know just literally put a shoulder into him or something just make his run a little more difficult it just looks like the minute that the play broke and chase gasper gets on the ball and tries that bike the galaxy defense just switched off and they basically said all right cool yep all right this we're gonna someone's gonna clear it except no one was near the ball and all of a sudden, Robin Lud's in space, and he finishes with a plomb. On the third goal they concede, this is, again, my thing about the Galaxy is that the Galaxy are really, really good going forward, but the Galaxy are also really, really bad in transition. And it's Julian Araujo getting into the attack, and all of a sudden, Minnesota realizing, hmm, yeah, no, he's not tracking back. And Fragapane was really good in this game about tracking off of Julian Araujo's back shoulder when Julian was going into the attack. And... The Galaxy came out in this game in like a, almost like a box standard 4-4-2 with Revolution and JDS as like the double pivot. And then had Sebastian, you know, kind of tuck in as the playmaker. And then that gave space to the wingbacks to head, head up the field. Well, Fragapane realized, hey, Julian Araujo doesn't have defensive cover in a solid way. I'm just going to sit off his back shoulder and just make it really hard for when... He, I go in transition for him to track back and then for the Galaxy defense to collapse into me. Now, if you watch that play back on the third goal, it's probably Julian Araujo's bet worst, pa- worst passage of play in a Galaxy jersey this year. Because, honestly, 
the commentary team said it, and I agree with it. He should have fouled in the midfield. Take your yellow, break the opportunity. It's not but the end of the world. That would have been his second yellow. Yeah, but you break the opportunity, and yeah, it's a second yellow, but the Galaxy are going to be okay, you know? Mm. But, and then also when he's in the box, he's got to know. And it's one of those things where I've said a lot about Julian Araujo is that he's making young mistakes, and that's like, fine, he's nineteen twenty, like, he'll do it. He cannot be looking at a ball that bounces that awkwardly, trying to jump and shin it over the bar. Like he's got to, he's got to figure out a better way to deal with that. Either somehow figure out a way to chest it out wide, or you know, even leave Jonathan Bond to kind of come and claim it. Mm-hmm. He's got to be a little bit smarter about that play. Um, but I will say, I mean, you know, for these are problems that we knew were going to happen. We knew that the gap between the center of defense and the Galaxy and the center of midfield was massive, and that every team that's been really good against Galaxy this year has just parked their two best creative midfielders in that space and said, all right, let's have ourselves a day. You know, like, set up the beach chairs, bring out the tiki drinks, we're just going to run this thing. Um, and I think that's definitely an area of, of, of need for the Galaxy moving forward. But I will say what was so electric about the Galaxy in that game on Sunday was that I mean, when they got into the attack, they were moving the ball. Minnesota looked like sixes and sevens, had no answers. And to, to pull a quote I used a couple of years back on this podcast, they looked like giraffes on ice skates. Like, I mean, they just mm-hmm. legitimately had no idea how to defend the Galaxy moving forward. I mean, I can't remember which goal it was, but Victor Vasquez is no look pass. Like, you don't do that if you're not feeling it, right? Like, you know, they were feeling it. And I think it's just this, this constant yin and yang that the Galaxy have struggled with, which is that, the Galaxy are so good in attack and yet so porous in defense. And the Galaxy, I don't think, have figured out how to balance those two where it's like, we can be defensively solid, but also be this incredibly fun, dynamic team in attack. Because there's been games where you and I have texted each other being like, wow, the Galaxy have been so electric in the final third. But they mm-hmm. don't know how to balance it. And I think that's going to be the, like, the big question out of this game was, well, the reason they, they draw this game and, and then kind of lose, quote unquote, this game Mm-hmm. is because they just weren't able to balance, you know, being defensively solid with being that fun in the attack. And maybe Greg Vanny just went in the locker room and said, you know what, take the brakes off and, you know, we'll figure it out as it goes on. Which I don't think is a bad idea with this Galaxy team as presently constituted. That will change over the next year. But it, it did feel at times that the Galaxy were stuck in two minds of, hey, we can be defensively solid or, hey, we can be attacking. How do we do both successfully? Yeah, um, watching that game, I was just thinking about how the Galaxy kept trying to sometimes play through the mid, and I was like, that's not going to work, especially not Minnesota when they're going to crowd you. And then I also noticed the Galaxy, obviously, you know, they just kept passing the ball back or, like, losing possession, or I noticed that they were just kind of passing it, you know, um, you know, back and forth to each other, like just going around. And I get that they were trying to get the, but it wasn't getting the ball forward. It just wasn't getting it. And then, you know, Bond, it, you know, he cost the, the PK, which luckily was missed, but then also, you know, his saves kept the Galaxy um, at 3-3 because it could have been over a lot sooner for us. Um, you know, so, so uh-huh. on that penalty, I, I saw some people kind of on mm-hmm. Twitter being like, oh, it can't be a penalty, you know, whatever. They changed the laws of the game to say an arm in an unnatural position, and they emphasize unnatural. 
if you watch that back, Derek Williams is literally flying with his arm out, like head down. It's in an unnatural position. It's a penalty. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a poorly taken penalty by Fregapane, and I think um so excuse me, I I I I forgot who took the penalty, but it is a penalty. Um but it was one, it was one of those things where I almost feel and like we're we're praising Jonathan Bond, but we also should you know mm-hmm. make a note of how good Tyler Miller was in goal for Minnesota. If yes, he was I just wrote Miller down in my notes. If right he now. was five percent less sharp, you know the Galaxy might score five on this on this day. Um, Which is crazy to me that this is what my notes say. Like Miller always has a good game against the Galaxy when he's not playing for LAFC. Like what I mean, the still, heck is that? I'm trying to find I'm trying to find a passing map uh, from from. Uh, Sunday, but I mean, you know, looking at this passing map, I mean, the Galaxy were incredibly compa- complex through the center of midfield, and I, I understand your, you know, your reticence about passing through the center of, of Minnesota's midfield, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. losing Ozzy Alonso really affected them. I mean, if you look at the passing network map, I mean, Ryan Revolution just parked himself in the center of that midfield and just had himself a day. And um, he really wanted a goal. You could see it. Yeah, I thought he was going to get one. Uh- I mean, the other the other great player in the attack was, of course, Chicharito. And I mean, like, I always, I constantly feel like, you know, Chicharito scores two in this game. Probably should have had the hat trick, as we said in mm-hmm. in, in our pre call. Mm-hmm. But he was electric in the link of play too, and especially in Seattle on that Monday night. Like, he's a big part of what makes the galaxy tick. And like, I, I which I, is funny because I was like not anti him, but you know, I was like, oh man, he earned my respect pretty quick. I mean, he if he's if he doesn't miss those nine games with that nagging muscle injury, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of people were willing to blame him, saying, "Oh, he's not putting enough work to recover." It's if you've ever torn or like pulled something, you think it's all good until like the first time you go and do anything physical, and then it's not good. You know, like those things I mean, are weird. Chicharito is not sitting at home on Twitch like saying this is what he'd rather be doing. Come on, yeah. <laughs> so I, I do think I, you know, I, but I do think also if he if he if if, if he doesn't have those kind of fluky injuries. He wins the golden boot. I mean, he was only, what, two, three off it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is why I was like, oh, man, Chicharito, get the brace. Not the, get the brace, excuse me, the hat trick. Because he, he did deserve it. I mean, he couldn't help those injuries. I just don't think he could. Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, like, if you honestly think about it, the Galaxy did enough. They did their end of the bargain. However... RSL, mm. rightly or wrongly, and we're gonna get into this. Yep, got very lucky, and I think, I think it's, I think we saw I wanna enough. Know what soccer gods we pissed off? I really want to know. Um, I'm bringing Sage to the first game of the season next year. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not taking chances. Um, do you think let you bring in lighters? We'll figure that out. Um, Don't people. Smoke or whatever. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll figure it out. But Sage, I don't know if it's on the ban list. We'll we'll find out. Um, but what I will say is, you know, there there was so much in this game where, as I said earlier, like if this was week, you know, ten, right? There's we we come out of this three three draw saying, "Holy hell, the Galaxy in attack! Good luck to a bad defense." You know, like they're just going to have their way with you. I think a lot of the way this game is shaped is that. For five minutes, everything got taken away. You know that mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all of us start to realize what ha- that something has gone terribly wrong in Real Salt Lake. And for the first time all season, 
and em- I emphasize all season, the Galaxy are no longer in a playoff spot. In five minutes, that's taken all away. Mm-hmm. So, like, I understand the negativity. I understand kind of fatalistic mentality and how, like, a lot of people are angry because it's like, ooh, buy these sneakers. Ignore the fact that we missed out in the playoffs for the fourth time in five years. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I saw so much in that Minnesota game. And I'm, di- I'm delving into the ever-eternal ever optimist. I saw so much in that Minnesota game where I was like, yes, these are building blocks. That- Dude, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're at a point in a must-win game, which if you've ever, like, you know, when you watch must-win games, you notice players start to kind of pull themselves back a little bit. You know what I mean? They, it's a little bit more cautious. It's a little bit less, you know, risky. If we're in a must-win game and Victor Vasquez is just pinging no-look passes into Julian Araujo and Julian Araujo is getting in on the attack, like, yeah, like, I like this. Like, yes, give me more of this. It's just a question of fixing that defense, which, you know, next week we'll talk about. It's been a work in progress this whole time. And it's a question of, of, of fixing the gaps within the spacing of this team. And, you know, as much guff as uh, Cabral keeps getting, yes, he should have had a goal in that first half. That was a great half. save from Tyler Miller. Yeah, but he got an assist. It's, it's not like this team doesn't have potential. And, you know, you have Grand Sierra come on in the 68th minute, and you have Sasha Kleshton. You know, you have these chances and it just didn't go the galaxy's way whether you're looking at it at this night or you're looking at it a couple other games before well, I mean, whatever whatever the, the case you know we've, we've discussed on this podcast about puck luck right like where I've, I've, I've brought up this concept before and i know there's 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 hockey fans in the audience but for those of you that aren't and um mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate just sometimes in hockey the puck doesn't drop your way for a couple games and it's just you know you have clear shots and the puck hops over a stick or you know a goalie's supposed to make a save and just the puck hops in a weird way it has felt like a little bit in this this on or that that winless run and over the past couple of weeks that puck luck thing i guess ball luck i don't know how to we'll come up with a better soccer term for it um this has kind of really for now that's i i feel it <laughs> has really hurt the galaxy now i will say if i'm going to be i'm going to be critical of any for a couple of things and I, mm. I i want to get it out here now so that well yeah i've got to yeah no one on twitter accuses us of just being the ever optimists which i mean we no, tried and, and and we've always called out the issues yeah. with this team i think vanny got his team selection wrong on, on the day i think he yeah, should have, I, I, I think grenzer should have started i think there's no question in my mind yeah. grenzer has been probably out of the attacking you know quartet out of outside of chicharito but obviously chicharito will always be in the team sheet whenever he's healthy. I think Grenzer has been the second best player out there. Um, mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. think... And consistent. He's played every game. Yeah, I, I, I think also the, the decision to double pivot that midfield and go into the kind of the more four four two. I understand why you do it, I, I, because it, it allows you to tuck in the, the two outside in that midfield four, and then it gives you your wingbacks just basically a straight runway to go up and down. I think it's a little too simplistic for how the galaxy want to move the ball through midfield. I think they're better served, you know, maybe a du- like a four, two, three, one, something like that. I think they're a little bit better served in that formation. Um, I also will be critical of the fact that it took Vanny a very long time to find a center back pairing that was quote unquote operable. 
And I think we saw in this Minnesota game, I'm not going to call that center back pairing operable because I think both Williams and Depew have the same weaknesses without mm-hmm. sharing. So in a center back pairing, as I've said before, you want one center back that covers the other center back's weaknesses while also synergizing their strengths. And my thought is that I think Williams and Depew share the same weaknesses. I don't think they're pacey. I don't think Depew can run a hundred meters to save his life. Um, I, I, I question Williams's range of passing over like Akula Bali, who I think is a better passer of the ball. And Depew, uh-huh. I think is, is one of those guys that, you know, Hey, you're protecting one goal lead in a must win game. You're switching to five, three, two, right. You know, you need to bring another center back. Who's just going to literally park himself in the center of the box and any ball that comes to him because he's six, five or whatever is immediately on his head and it's heading out of your defensive zone. Right. Like, I think that's what Depew's really good at. I don't think, and, and and maybe it's going to take time for Depew to kind of get a little bit more comfortable with his feet, get a little bit more mm-hmm. comfortable with the passing range. But in a game like this, when when you start to realize the game state is going to be this open, which I don't know if I'm necessarily going to blame Vanny for thinking the game was going to be kind of closed out, considering what Minnesota has shown for for most of their tenure in MLS. They are a team that, is defensively solid, that that is their first priority. And if they draw a game, they'll nail, but they only concede like two shots on goal. That's good enough. And in fact, that's preferred rather than a game like we saw on Sunday where, you know, yeah, they score three goals, but they concede 10 shots on goal. You know, I have a feeling Adrian Heath was in that locker room losing his mind. Um, I just don't think Depew in that situation, if you're realizing the game state's not going to be about who's more defensively solid, it's going to be about who's able to take advantage of moments of transition, but also who's able to dominate through the center of midfield and break lines. And, you know, for, for everything I've slandered about Stu Holden, he made a very good point when Legette scored his goal, which was that that was the first time the Galaxy really had someone get on the ball and break lines. Well, who's your center back that's really good about doing that? Well, that's Sega Kovali. Yeah, he's a bit de- defensively liable, but Williams has been defensively solid. I think that would have really worked out. Um, no, I, I completely agree with you. We said that, I think, earlier in the season. Um, but Koulibaly wasn't even in the lineup. He was walking the concourse from what I saw on yeah, Twitter. I, I, I may, and maybe he picked up a knock in training and we just didn't see that. But I think Koulibaly's line-breaking passability would have been really useful in this game. Especially, and I know this is what you say, but especially as the Galaxy started to realize... And I know every coaching staff says we never pay attention to results on decision day. We're never looking. I guarantee there was some dude with his phone under his seat, you know, scrolling the Twitter, scrolling, you know, <laughs> we all were doing it. Like, Listen, if you can't hear from the stadium or by the fans reactions, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I just like, question, you know, and, and again, I, we, I, we were not made aware of, of any reason why Koulibaly was not selected. No, I don't know. Um, but I just, I, I think if, if, if he, if he was able to go and, and again, there could have been things that we didn't know. I just I, I I think his line breaking ability, especially near that at the end of that game when the Galaxy were really looking for like looking for that. Well, they had a Minnesota team that was really hanging on for their lives. I just I, I, I think that would have been really helpful to have. I obviously was glad that you know Chicharito played, but I wanted to see Jovalich. And I mean we isn't that the great mystery of this season? Is is and I know again 
we're going to get into that when we talk about the fourth line. But Yeah, that's why I'm sort of staying quiet because I'm like, dude, there's so much stuff, but like, it's definitely going to be for the next episode. <laughs> but I think he's kind of the great mystery of this season. Like, And, and maybe it's it's that Jovalich and Chicharito have too many, again, as we talk about center back pairings, we should also talk about yeah. forward pairings. Maybe they have too many overlapping skills. And yeah, again, we, I, I do we don't see that. training, so we don't know... If Jovalich has been kind of indifferent in training or if he's still, you know, kind of getting used to it. I I, I was no listening idea. to a podcast today about um, uh, Greatest Games, which if you don't listen to, you should because it's absolutely fascinating. Um, and they were talking about an old Sunderland team and the head coach of that Sunderland team said, oh, I'm more than happy to bring in new players from different countries, but I always know it's going to take them a year and a half to two years to get comfortable. And and I kind of agree with that. Maybe not as long as two years, but I, I kind of agree. It takes you like five, six months to kind of get used to a new place. Like when I lived in the Czech Republic, it took me four years to really feel comfortable, you know? And so maybe mm-hmm. that's Jovalich going through that. And in which case, I'm not going to blame him too much. He's like a 21-year-old kid in a new country with a team that is expecting a lot out of him. But if he's been good at training and we've seen he's been com- contributing on the field, you know, and again, maybe it was it was Vanian's coaching staff reali- not understanding game states, right? Like, and I think that's again another valid criticism of this team that they've really not understood game states. Maybe you know the news doesn't get to them that RSL scored, and then all of a sudden they have to bring on another striker, and then all of a sudden it's like Jovalich only gets you know three minutes to warm up, and then you have to get him on the field, and the timing doesn't work. Maybe that's the case, but I. The way he's been used confuses me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and there's a lot of things that we'll just have to guess on because we we don't know. And even when you're part of the media, they, they don't let you in on trainings. Come on. So, <laughs> like, like you said, we can just guess um, that they have similarities. And I don't know. On a game like this, it's sort of like I, w- I would just throw in anybody I could that I thought would get the goals you know yeah anyone um, anyone who could bomb for well it's it's the whole entire famous yeah i like, felt like i was just playing fifa on like playstation or something like, well, give, it's, it's me, the one, give me pass me the controller it's the whole entire famous uh when when the, or when the galaxy went down in the mls cup in 2012 bruce started mm. throwing omar gonzalez at forward like in the first yeah. half and omar scored um <laughs> oh, i'll never forget that. i mean if, if you if you've got a six five tree you know you I mean, it's like PK playing for Barcelona whenever Barcelona's down in a Champions League game they have to win. It's just PK goes up forward because he's 6'5". And, I mean, Peter mm. Crouch had a successful career because he was 6'7". Like, I mean, it kind of works every now and then. Um, to quickly broach a topic that I've been teasing for this entire evening, again, the Galaxy took care of business mm-hmm. as well as they could have. But we do have to talk about what occurred at RSL. And... Oh, yeah. Oh, I got... I got- uh, messages from people on Twitter that's like, look at this. And my response was just, yeah, um, that's really unfortunate. I, you know, when I got the message that the pro refs apologize, I'm like, whatever, we're still out. Like, So going in on the refereeing in uh, the, the Sporting Kansas City and RSL match that 
uh, ended up being the nail in the galaxy's regular, no, off-season, pre-season, but, excuse me, post-season. You want to start this over again? I. Yeah, sorry, we had, we had a minor uh, snafu on our editing line. We had a minor snafu on our editing line, um, but we are back. Um, no, I, I think what we, when we talk about this game, I mean, yeah, I agree with a lot of the voices that have, have come out and said, well, we, we left it in the hands of Pro, we left it in the hands of RSO, we left it in the hands of LAFC, et cetera, et cetera. We should have never been there. And I, I agree to an extent on that. But even, you have to play the game that's in front of you, but you also have to play the scenario that's in front of you, right? Like, and, you know, honestly, like, yeah, sure, Daymark, if, if nothing in this game happens, in the RSL-SKC game happens, and Daymark Krylak scores in the last minute, and that's, you know, it. Cool, fine. You know what, honestly? That's great. Good job. But the fact that Pro came out and literally said, we screwed this up. We're sorry. Okay. So do you understand what's, they never talk about the gravity of what quote unquote screwing it up means. It means that SKC would have been top of the Western conference, would have had a home playoff, the home playoffs through the playoffs, unless they made a Moscow and RSL, or, um, the Revolution do, do and a team is missing out on the playoffs because of weekly things that happen in this league because of your own incompetence a team is outside the playoffs and a team that should not be in the playoffs is in and I understand the argument that RSL fans are making that oh if they were given a penalty it's not guaranteed it will go in but penalty takers make 80% of their penalties I'm playing those odds man if you were giving me 80% odds at a roulette table let's go you know You've got to be kidding me. It cannot be this acceptable. And the referees involved should not be even, not even involved in the playoffs, should not be part of this league next year because of the financial and, you know, social implications of what they cost these two teams. Like, it is ridiculous how they, how brazen they feel that it is to walk out and say, yeah, we made a mistake. We hope you'll forgive us. Well, no, Galaxy fans aren't going to forgive you because they miss out on the playoffs for the fourth time in five years. Kansas City fans are going to aren't going to forgive you because they could have had a first round buy and teams that get first round buys tend to do very well in the playoffs. Like it's just the the audacity to come out and say, "Hey, yeah, we're sorry. We're we're, you know, whatever." You know, like no, it's not whatever. It this had legitimate serious implications for players on both those teams, especially players on the Galaxy that might have been on the fringes that now everyone's looking at them saying, hmm, you know what? We didn't make the playoffs. They're not good enough. What are those implications for those players? There's implications for coaching staffs. It has implications for fans. It has implications that you can't just wipe your hands up. And I'm, I did this rant like two or three years ago, and I'm going to do it again. But the worst thing that's holding down MLS right now is not its product quality on the field. It's not the players. It's not anything. It's this refereeing that constantly does this, that constantly every week has to release, release statements like this and doesn't understand the implications of what they do. I'm applauding. <laughs> um, that's why I let Christian take it away because it's just this refereeing just stone that that was horribly tossed and it, and it sends still the same ripple effect. It's... I've complained about refs by names and you you can you can say who's terrible and why do we even have VAR if they're not going to use it properly. It's absolutely absurd. It 
it, it makes, yeah, it, it, you said everything that there is to say, but it, it's exactly why people don't take MLS more seriously when this is a league that's deserving, when there's teams that are deserving. I mean, can you imagine what's going to happen if RSL somehow ends up with MLS Cup? This is absolutely... <laughs> Well, the, com- the comforting thing a lot is that I don't think ML- her uh, RSL will end up with MLS Cup considering no, that team no, I don't and where it is. I actually think that, but this is also MLS and like because of like this one thing that happens that, that you know, like you said, it, it just has this effect all around so many other things. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's had there been some level of accountability, had there been in that statement saying these referees involved will not be involved in the playoffs, will not be involved in season's future, et cetera. We are analyzing the way that we use VAR and we you know, interact with it. And yes, I understand. VAR is not a perfect science. No. V- VAR is subjective. I get it. But you can't miss a call like that. You just cannot. That type of call with Justin Glad handballing the way that he did is why we brought in VAR to the game. At this point, if that's not going to be looked at at VAR, what's the point? You know, like, what is the point of teaching referees how to use it if they're not going to use it in times when it needs to be used? And this is this is not the first time it's happened. And I understand there's honest mistakes that happen in refereeing. Refereeing, referees are human. We've This is a very open conversation we're having in a lot of different sports. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between missing, you know, one egregious call and then MLS where it's every week, it's three, four calls, that like instant replay, that, that YouTube series they do. It's like, yeah, they kind of got it wrong. I mean, go back to the SKC Seattle game when Tim Melia basically suplexes an attacker, you know? And that's nothing. And The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's coming out and saying, I think this should be a card of a certain variety, probably red, and it's not even called for a foul. Like, and MLS is reveling in it. It's like, no, you don't understand the attention you're getting is making fun of you. Like, did no one in MLS... Center House, like, look at this and say, you know what? Really, we need to analyze what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly am I'm stuck for words because you're just frustrated. We're all just frustrated. And, you know, my um, messages on Twitter were, were DMs from people saying, look at this. Look, look at what this costs us and and you know it's of course my response is well the galaxy shouldn't have been in a position where this happens but it doesn't take away from the fact that that it was a bad call it really it, was it, and it, if it got if it got to the point where i was in the stands on sunday <laughs> and my mom who you know is an incredible supportive person and i know she's listening in right now and my friend Liz, who, you know, both are, are are casual soccer viewers, but don't really, you know, get into the nitty gritty of watching MLS every week, are both looking at that game saying, there was a clear mistake made here. Then what are we doing as a league? You know, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it needs, something needs to be done. Yeah, I never liked VAR for soccer. That was the one thing that also made this game beautiful. You know, it didn't feel like every other sports game, right? Um, yeah. Specifically, American football, um, which, yeah, it's NFL in case, yeah. Um, you're not familiar, but, you know, then when I got DM'd the quote-unquote apology 
Um, I was like, what does that apology matter? We're still screwed. We're still out. I don't, yeah. I mean, like you said, accountability, like the least they could do is send that out. I mean, just, just what in the hell? <laughs> name, name names in the apology. Mm-hmm. Say referee, you know, who was, uh, whoever the uh, center was in RSL. I wasn't stock because we had stock, which is always really annoying. But it's gotten to the point, and I was I was talking to a friend about it today. It's gotten to the point where teams and fans look at the pro like weekly assignments, and I mean we've had texts multiple times in in season where it's just like, oh good, we have stock this week. Like oh man, this is going to be frustrating. But it's gotten to the point where both coaches and fans are getting to that point. Oh yeah, Vermees went off and really um yeah for like 10 minutes or something ranted and and gave galaxy all the credit and was was saying how this affects how this affects us yeah it's it's i mean it's a nice wednesday night i don't want to get too far into this but it's it's just it (laughs) it can't keep happening this way yeah i agree i agree and um yeah i mean you know Keep it here is I'm just, just going to say because there's um, if, you, if this is your first time uh, with us this season, um, we will do a rundown of Galaxy by positions. And so that's a lot to look forward to uh, for this these next three weeks coming and also to keep you entertained over the holidays. Yeah, and we will break down some some MLS playoff stuff. Um, we'll. We'll, we'll talk about the U.S. Men's National Team next week. I think we, we ran out of time. Um, uh, yeah, but, yeah, no. But U.S. Men definitely do play uh, Friday against Mexico. And that'll be – I mean, that's going to be an amazing game. I'm, exci- I'm excited to break that one one down afterwards. I mean, obviously, we're, we're running a little long, so I'm not going to go uh, as, as much as I wanted to on that. But I'd much rather yell about referees than tactically break down things. <laughs> yeah, and, and we will. I know, I know I'm – I know I'm – too. I know I'm I'm tactic stat boy, but sometimes I just like letting off on on pro. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah, this is where we're this is where we're to do that. <laughs> yeah. So next yeah. next three weeks, uh, next week you can look forward to us breaking down the defense, then the midfield, then the forwards, and then we always do our final kind of what does it all mean episode, looking at kind of where we're thinking things are going to go. Um, are there still copies of the magazine for sale? Oh, absolutely, there are. So yeah, buy them. Um, also, if you're on your it is in the works. Yes. Um, also, if you're on your podcast app and you are feeling generous, um, if you also hate pro, um, give us five stars, leave a nice comment. Um, we always really appreciate it because it helps us find more awesome people like you and you are awesome and you want more awesome people like you around you. So five stars, please. And say nice things about us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. And we are happy that we can be together. It all comes down to the galaxy family in the end and yeah love you all thank you so much i'll talk to you soon